the House come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker, and the number one solution to economic insecurity is a job. Hungry children can't learn, and it's our responsibility to try to help. Equality and opportunity. I believe most people are here because they want to do some good. Welcome to a brand new installment of Capital Ideas, the podcast where members of the Majority Democratic Caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol to talk about ideas. Those ideas range from creating healthier, safer communities and a cleaner environment to increasing affordable housing, building a thriving and equitable economy, and giving Washington's kids a world-class education. They're all good ideas. Today's conversation features a pair of legislative leaders, Representatives Tana Sen and Liz Berry, who decided a mom's caucus was a much-needed group and made it a reality. Liz represents the 36th District and lives in Seattle. Tana from Mercer Island works for the folks in District 41. In the House, Liz chairs the Labor and Workforce Standards Committee, and Tana is the longtime chair of the Human Services, Youth, and Early Learning Committee. You're about to learn a lot more about them, so I'll jump right to the conversation. We recorded this on Thursday, March 2nd, 2023, and it's a good one. Stay tuned. Welcome to Capital Ideas, Representatives Tana Sen and Liz Berry. It's really an honor to have both of you in here today. Thanks for having us. So fun to be together. Together, you sort of represent the the face of the Legislative Moms Caucus, which is a new group that has coalesced within the House Democratic Caucus. You have got a name, you've got a membership, you've got some priorities, and I think we want to talk about all those things today. And a good place to start would be, what is the Moms Caucus and what are your goals? Why did you do this when you didn't have to? I started in the legislature about 10 years ago, and there were very few moms with kids in elementary school, with young, you know, young kids, and talking about issues affecting young women was hard, difficult to find where to land. And then when Liz joined the legislature, we were talking about a bunch of stuff, and this kind of came together. Yes, I remember that too. Tan and I have been friends for many years. And when I was elected in 2020, I called her to talk about all of the different issues I was thinking about working on in the next legislative session. And childcare, of course, was top of mind. And Tana had been a leader in that field for so many years. And one thing led to another. And we started talking about the fact that wouldn't it be fun and also very powerful to get together all of the legislators who had young children at home, um, not just the moms, but the dads as well, organize us into some kind of caucus where we could discuss what our priorities would be and put together those priorities on a list that we could share with leadership. And what we found was that was very powerful. And in 2021, I believe we came up with 17 different budget and policy priorities and I believe 16 of them ended up passing. And we found that by organizing everyone together, we had a lot of power in that. And people were also really excited and wanted to know more about what was the Moms Caucus and wanted to be a part of the Moms Caucus. And we were very welcoming of that excitement and channeled that to do great things for kids, families, moms and dads in the state of Washington. Yeah, and frankly, 
There is a group called Moms in Office, and there are other women's groups in different legislatures. But with the creation of our Moms Caucus, we've actually gotten a lot of outreach and like people are like, oh, that's so cool that you have a Moms Caucus. What is it? What are you doing? Why? And I think it's inspiring, um, frankly, other states as well to focus on some of these issues from black maternal health to diaper banks to child care. Uh, there really are issues that the, the voice of a young parent, of a mom, can really uh, bring strength to an issue and are different lived experiences. And, and when we talk more and more about lived experiences, this is a real one. Being a mom is a real uh, lived experience that legislators, frankly, haven't been focused on, and, and we're glad to bring that focus. And I would also just add, um, you know, I have young kids, so I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, and I first ran for office when I had a six-week-old baby at home. She's crazy. I know. It is a little crazy. I couldn't do it without my village, we'll call it. Um, and... But I, what I wanted to say about that was that the, the challenges that young parents and are facing right now are very different than the challenges folks were facing 20, 30, 40 years ago. And that's why I think it's so powerful for us to bring everyone together who are, who are going through these different challenges. And Tana also, as a mother of teenagers, is going through different challenges that teens are facing that were never faced 20 years ago. And because of that, we're able to go to leadership and go to folks who are parents but have had those experiences years ago and say this is an elevate what we're going through, what our kids are going through, what our peers and friends and moms and dad group friends are going through. And I think that that has really been a positive way to elevate the issues of the day. 16 out of 17 priorities that you scored on in the 21-22 session, that's not a bad track record. How are you doing this year? I know you've got several bills that you consider to be priorities. A few of these bills that are on your priorities list have already passed out of the House and moved over to the Senate. Several of them are poised for floor action here in the House. But overall, how do you feel like you're doing at this point when you haven't seen a budget yet? How do you feel like you're doing on these priority bills? Well, this year we decided to focus in and become a little bit more strategic, in part because we realized there was a lot less uh, budget dollars <laughs> this time around than before, but we really did want to focus in. And so I think we ended up with some more, uh, some thematic around childcare, around mental health, and some of those key issues. Uh, and But so far, so good. Things are are moving along. Yes, I think when we did this in 2021, there was so much excitement. We were channeling every single member of the Moms Caucus wanted to add their priority, which was great. And we were able to accomplish so much together around that energy. This year, we did narrow it down to be more focused. And I think that we have already gotten through looking at this list that we've got of six policy priorities and a major focus on children's mental health. We've gotten through, I would say, 75% of what's on this list and um, already through the House floor. As you know, we're only halfway through session, so we've got to get those priorities through the Senate as well. But I do say that when we are briefing bills in the caucus and when we get to say with excitement that these are mom's caucus priorities, I do believe that truly makes a difference to get these through. Talking about the Senate, there are moms in the Senate as well as in the House have you had any kind of sit-downs where you talk to the senators who are moms to see about either joining forces or else helping them to form a similar group in their caucus to be your, your allies in this campaign? 
Well, we definitely work with our Senate colleagues who have children 18 years and age and under all the time on past these priorities. And I think it's something Ton and I would really like to do in future sessions is coordinate with the Senate in a more formal way. Um, we formed this caucus at the height of the pandemic in 2021. I think we were both maybe shocked at, about how much we were able to accomplish this year. It's been a different goal um, doing it in person, but I really do feel like the next phase would be going across the rotunda and bringing in, especially the fact there are so many new, fresh voices over in the Senate, folks that you've never seen before over there. They're now representing communities and I think would really be a great addition. Yeah, indeed. That's a, a next step for sure. And speaking of, you know, when, when I was talking earlier about coming in new to the house as a young mom, I, I mean, that is a brand new experience for anybody in the Senate. And so I think this year, the numbers of uh, of parents with young kids has potentially quadrupled um, just by the sheer fact that there were, were not that many. It is a much more senior chamber. I think what you're trying to say is that until recently, it might have been easy to form a grandparents caucus <laughs> Yes. in the Senate. Yes. <laughs> true. I will say yes, that's true. <laughs> um. What kind of provisos are you looking at? We we see these bills that are here, and I will put some of these in the show notes. But as far as the provisos, which uh, you can't see because those are ideas for money that should be spent in the budget to accomplish goals, what are you looking at? Honestly, uh, there are some of these priorities are, are pretty large in terms of their impacts in the budget, in particular around child care and around mental health. So this year we are focusing uh, more on these policy issue areas to highlight their importance in both the specific bills, but really to bring attention to those issues as well. So we did not pull out individual budget provisos this year. I mean, I would just add that, for example, our one of our top priorities is the free lunches I think that's incredibly important because during the pandemic, we were able to provide free lunches for all school children. And I have a kind had a kindergartner at the time. And we know what an amazing impact that had for all of those kids to be able to have healthy meals at school, but also take away that stigma of, you know, the kids who know they have to get the lunch, the kids who get to bring their special lunch. It creates a class system within public education that we can absolutely erase by making this access available to every single student. We've heard it's going to be a very tough thing to fund because it is so expensive, but it's something we think is important. And so while it's a policy bill, it's also a huge funding budget priority for us as well. And I will point out that that is a bill sponsored by Representative Marcus Riccelli from Spokane. Um, he's been a fighter and, he and continues. And a dad. And, and a, a dad. dad. We let the dads, kids. too. We're, the dads are in, too. He, he's an ally, and mm -hmm. he is uh, he's working hard on this bill. I know I've spoken with him about it on more than one occasion. And, and again, another one of those issue areas around child care and a, and a specific bill uh, talking about the importance of having childcare for apprentices, and that is really important as we're looking at workforce shortages. We want to make sure that we are allowing young parents to get living wage jobs and get into the into the workforce sooner. And so that also is you know increasing one of the bills that we are that will be increasing access to childcare. 
And again, um, some of our priorities are expensive. And so we, we decided to focus. I think one of the main things that you can accomplish by having formed this group and given it a face is to raise consciousness. Because a lot of people would not think about a bill that had anything to do with apprenticeship as also being something that moms and dads and children would be affected by as a, as a family unit. But it's kind of like the issue of equity, which spreads throughout many, many bills that might not occur to people. It's the same thing with this, is that almost everything in some way or another is going to have the potential to affect moms, dads, and kids. Yeah, the, the women in the workforce, I think, is a, is a really big issue and one that we have focused on the, our, our first time around and this time around. The challenges of, again, the, the need for childcare, the difficulty of being in the sandwich generation, trying to care for an elderly parent, as well as a, as a young child. And so whether it's unemployment insurance that we are focusing on this year also to make sure that parents can be clear that they are leaving a job because that job has changed without consideration of the fact that they had child care need. They couldn't work, um, you know, nights because who can get child care? They were caring for an elderly relative and, you know, and, and job changes, you know, you can't just pick up and, and change those kind of services and, and caring. And so, you know, that kind of thing, again, the apprentices, the, the, the real life experiences that moms um, and dads have just impact the workplace and so many other uh, areas. And in fact, this also really flows over to our workplace and having more moms and dads here in the legislature has also focused people in on uh, trying to be more predictable about our hours and, frankly, our, the staff's hours and just being more flexible and conscious of, of workload, of time frames, of notice of when we're going to work. All of the things that we're advocating for outside the legislature has also positively impacted the working environment here in the building. And it should with the fact that 60% of the House Democratic Caucus is now made up of women. I know, which is so fun. I would just say that the pandemic was really devastating for um, children, parents, families. People who had small children at home really felt left out and left behind. All the safety nets and social circles that were available before the pandemic broke down. I personally experienced that myself with two young kids at home, and it absolutely was devastating for our teens. We know that, you know, their very pivotal high school and middle school experiences were taken from them, proms, graduation ceremonies, sports events, and we're still seeing the effects of that, I think, today, and we're going to continue to see the effects of that down the line, and that's why I think it's so critical and pivotal that we formed this caucus during that time, and we're going to continue to refine what those predators are going to be, and that we're going to have a lot of work to do in the coming years to make sure that we're still uplifting and supporting those families and kids that went through, you know, something that only happens once every two lifetimes. Well, that's something I wanted to ask about. What we've talked about here for the most part is these immediate priorities that have bill numbers attached to them and they're going to succeed or fail. But what kind of longer game are you anticipating? I know that you don't plan to just fold your tent at the end of the session. Well, interestingly, my kids are teenagers uh, and older now. 
and that definitely experienced the things that Liz just mentioned, missing prom, missing graduations, uh, you know, sports seasons canceled, plays canceled, and the the loneliness and the anxiety of, of what was going to happen and what does the pandemic mean and I'm just, you know, on top of climate change concerns and gun violence concerns and just social concerns, social anxiety uh, and stress to succeed, all of that, the, all those unknowns. But my kids are kind of aging out. And so I am really excited to to have a co-chair in Liz who has young kids who, you know, they're going to bring this mom's caucus to the next level. And, you know, obviously my my caring for these issues isn't going to go away just because my kids turn 18. But I think, I think there's also some real power in, in making sure that the priorities are focused on uh, and decided by people who do have the kids in that younger age group. So, because again, as we age and, and move farther and farther away of those lived experiences of younger families, we don't have the same perspective. And so um, I, you know, kind of, kick it to, to Liz to talk about next steps for the future. It's on your head, Liz. Know. No pressure. I have to think. I have, I'm sorry. I'm not prepared for the answer. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think on the future, it's always about what I think talking to our colleagues about what are they, what's on their minds, which is the beauty of the caucus, right? It's a discussion that we're constantly having. Um, I think childcare is going to continue to be an issue because we know there's more to do with workforce shortages that are facing, and Tana's right in the middle of all that and leading on all that. Um, obviously, access is huge for that as well. And mental health is definitely mental not health's going away. not going away. And I think general just education issues around spending for special ed, making sure that we have specialists, the schools, that there's access to PE and art and music. I mean, all of those are issues that I hear about when I go home and talk to parents of, of kids going through the system. That's very important to them. Um, and I think that every, you know, also making sure um, that healthcare is accessible for all families and kids is also something I hear a lot about as well. Just as you mentioned that the caucus is 60% uh, women, it's also nearly half or half uh, members of color, and the equity components um, are critical and are something that we focus on and that we really think about through, you know, as we're looking at the priorities to make sure it isn't just, you know, affecting one socioeconomic group or that we're ignoring issues of, of equity and, and different parts of the state and all of that. And so I think um, as we continue, just that equity lens is really important on these issues, too. So clearly you're not going to run out of issues in the next year or two. <laughs> that's no, sadly, that's we're true. not. I've kept you here for a little while. I know that uh, the floor session is going to start pretty quickly here. But before I let you go, what else do we have to talk about? I just wanted to say how much fun this has been and what a journey it's been. And also, I want to brag a little bit about Tana. Her youngest is the valid Victorian of her class, so she did pretty well. And I think Tana has a lot to do with that. Congratulations, Tana. Thank you. That's cute. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very proud of both my kids. And my son is in ROTC. And so, again, different, um, you know, really interesting experience. And uh, one of the reasons we're so proud of Tana's youngest in my family is because her daughter was one of our favorite babysitters. <laughs> you can't, I mean, I don't know. Right? The connection. The connection continues. <laughs> we just, we it have endures. To each other. It's a small world. It is. It's a small world. Um, and I'll just mention the one, as Liz mentioned, that this is so fun. Um, 
A couple weeks ago, we got all the moms and dads out into the parking lot uh, when we had a five minutes, pulled up my minivan, and we all took a picture in front of the minivan. Just It was just so quintessential in front of the Capitol. And some of us in the minivan, some of us out of the minivan. And it just, you know, we're, we're, we're having fun. And it's just an opportunity to connect with freshmen and, and others as well. And we just, we had a great time. It was really fun. It sounds like it. And it sounds like in addition to fun, you're doing some important things. And I'm really glad that we got a, a little chance to talk about those today on Capital Ideas. Representative Liz Berry from the 36th Legislative District and Representative Tana Sen from the 41st. It's been my honor to talk to you today and I wish you the best. Thanks, Thank Anne. you. Well, that's a keeper. One of the reasons we started Capital Ideas back in 2009 was to let citizens get a little closer to their legislature and show that lawmakers were, after all, just people like the rest of us. If the last 20 minutes didn't accomplish that, I'm not sure anything would. I'm happy to say that just in the 36 hours since that recording, some more of the Moms Caucus priority bills came to the House floor and passed with bipartisan majorities. Now, if you haven't subscribed to Capital Ideas, it's about time you did. You can find us on any of the major podcast platforms, or you can drop by the House Democratic Caucus website and hit the media button up at the top of the home page. You'll never miss another episode, and that's good because what we talk about here every time is your state government. It's the one right here in Olympia, the one that affects you the most, and what happens here matters. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first since way back in 1889. Thanks for listening.